Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Tis the season when there is more talk of charity and giving. Now, naturally, we give to family, but also organizations increase their campaigns for your dollars. Charitable gifting becomes part of year-end tax planning and tax considerations grow. Foster and Motley's Emily Diaz has some guidance and insight for how to plan ahead. I'm Patrice Sakura. Emily, you are a financial planner. Now, what do you see happening with giving as the year comes to a close? Yes, well, we see an uptake in family or individual gifts as well as charitable gifts. A lot of times the impetus for that is taxes, you know, making sure that things are happening during the the current tax year. Um, But when we work with clients, we like to start with the question, why do you want to make this gift? What do you want to accomplish with your money? What kinds of individuals or charities are you wanting to support? And then from there, we can try to figure out if there's a more tax efficient way to do it or logistically simpler way, but really starting at, you know, what's the heart of what you're trying to accomplish. So is this the best time to make charitable gifts at the end of the year? Um, not necessarily. I mean, we certainly have clients that are supporting charities, you know, monthly or quarterly, and that's certainly helpful for the organizations planning, you know, receiving those ongoing funds. But we also have a lot of clients that, you know, do annual gifts and oftentimes they're waiting till kind of the end of the year. And then it creeps up on us and we go, okay, it's, it's that time of year, time to get the paperwork done. Well, you mentioned, or I mentioned in the intro family giving. So let's start with family gifts. Tell me about that. So the reason that this can be relevant to year end is there's an annual exclusion, which this year is $17,000. So you can give up to $17,000 to an individual without any gift tax implications. So this could matter if you're wanting to make a larger gift. So for example, if we have a client and they're wanting to give their child funds for a down payment on a house. Right. And it's going to be more than the 17,000. Let's say they give some now in you know, November, December, and then they can give more in January, split it over two years, and then not have to file a gift tax return potentially. So filing a gift tax return is not the end of the world. With where today's estate tax exemptions are, there's rarely ever any gift tax actually due, but it is another form to file, you know, just more paperwork. So, you know, we try to help clients where we can. If there's a way to avoid the extra paperwork, then we try to do that. If it's a married couple, can they each give that 17,000? Yes, they can. So mom could give 17,000 to the child, dad could give 17,000 to the child, but there are also some logistics to keep in mind in terms of who's writing the check, are they each writing a check, those kinds of things. So that's what we try to stay on top of too, to make sure that gift tax return filing requirements aren't coming into the picture. And you mentioned asking why you want to make the gift. I can see with the the down payment on the house, that's totally acceptable. What about 529 accounts? We have a lot of clients that want to support their kids' college or their grandkids' education, um, and a lot of them do so with the 529 um, accounts since there are a lot of tax advantages to that. Um, Really, in my opinion, the biggest tax advantage is that the growth is tax-free. So especially if you're funding it for a young child, you've got many years till college, it's really not going to matter that much whether you put it in in December or January, but many states have a tax benefit. So some clients will be mindful to you know, make their gifts every year to capitalize on the state benefit on their tax return. 
And again, the end of the year, the gifts for legacy planning, estate planning, is, is this when you see the big rush? Well, it can be. So there are some years, especially if there's, you know, anticipated or potential tax law changes coming in the next year, often there's a rush to December 31st to get, you know, big trusts in place, especially for those with taxable estates and, you know, just a lot of really complex stuff going on with their attorneys. This year, things are pretty quiet. So we're not seeing a big rush this year, but we certainly have in some years. (laughs) Okay. How about charitable giving outside the family? Mm-hmm. So again, we like to come back to why are you wanting to make this gift? And then let's see if we can find a, a tax efficient way to do it. Um, so I think uh, first it's helpful to just think through, you know, where does the client want to give? There's certainly a, you know, an influx of requests and letters in the mailbox at this time of year from organizations. Um so if a client's trying to decide where to give, maybe there's someone that's always made $50 gifts to every organization that sends them a letter. Sometimes we'll encourage those folks to focus on fewer organizations, but do larger amounts so they can, you know, kind of focus, feel a little more connected with those specific organizations than kind of a mile wide inch deep. But for folks that are trying to decide where to give initially, you know, you can use a screening tool like Charity Navigator or GuideStar just to give you some info on, you know, where they're sending their funds, you know, how much is going to their different programs versus fundraising, that kind of stuff. Um, But also a lot of our clients do some pretty, pretty large charitable gifts. And a lot of them will partner with foundations. So whether that's a local community foundation or a faith-based foundation. And so there they have professionals that are partnering with different charities and can really help you connect if you've got a certain idea or mission in mind and don't really know exactly the best, you know, organization to partner with. That's where they can step in and help advise. I like that idea about consolidating what you give. Don't give $50 to all those people who come at you with with letters. But maybe you you want to make an impact, but you don't have the big dollars to to give to one group. What can you do? Mm -hmm. We've certainly seen a rise in uh, collective grant making organizations. So, you know, for example, a hundred people each make a donation of a thousand dollars and they pull them together and make a hundred thousand dollar grant to support you know, a a certain cause. So that can really help you connect with, you know, a specific recipient or their story and be able to do a lot more than maybe you could, you know, if your giving budget isn't as large as this year. So we've seen those, you know, locally and here in Cincinnati, local university alumni groups, yeah, they're cropping up. Emily, everybody wants to give, but they want to get some kind of tax credit there or tax efficiency there. Talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. And so as we've mentioned in other podcast episodes, you know, any 501c3 organization, that's the starting point where, you know, a gift to that organization could result in a tax deduction depending on your situation. So I'm going to mention from beyond that two common strategies that we use for tax efficient gifts. And then we've got a new one that's more specific to Ohio that's come up in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first of those common tools is a donor advised fund. And this allows you to separate the timing of when you make the gift and get the tax deduction into the fund versus when the you advise the fund. So donor advised, advise the fund to make grants to specific charities. Um, and as we were talking before about, you know, which charities and, you know, size of gifts and all of those considerations, this can be a really helpful tool. 
We had a client um, a year or two ago with a big business sale, and they knew they wanted to give a, a good chunk of that proceeds to charity, but it was happening in December and they just didn't have the time to decide, you know, which charities they were going to try to cut checks to all by the end of the year. Right. So we helped them set up a donor advised fund. And they were able to fund it and get the tax deduction in that big high tax year of the business sale. But then over the last year or two, they've had more time to consider, you know, what charities that they really want to support with, with this large amount and be more strategic with their giving as they actually distribute it to the charities. What about qualified charitable distributions? Yeah. So QCDs, as we call them, are our kind of second most common tool. It's eligible for those who are over age 70 and a half. But it, I think it can actually be more beneficial even than a donor advised fund in many cases, because it's an above the line deduction. So if you're required to take money out of your IRA, it's reducing your above the line income, which is helpful. But basically you're using pre-tax money from your IRA giving it directly to a charity versus, you know, money in your bank account, maybe it's that, that's after tax, right? So here you're using pre-tax money to give it directly to the charity, which is really helpful from a tax perspective. Um, but there is a little more paperwork involved. And so, especially as we come up near the end of the year, you know, that's one, if mm. we've got clients that want to make gifts that way, you know, that's not something we can execute realistically on December 31st. So okay. we try to get started a little sooner. And you said there was an Ohio specific uh, strategy here. Yes. So scholarship granting organizations uh, or SGOs, this is for Ohio residents that they can support private schools uh, in Ohio, potentially at no cost to them. So the logistics are kind of complex. Uh, we'll be linking to an article in the show notes, but just kind of as an example of more things that are cropping up and you know how we can help you know connect clients with some of these ideas. So an SGO grants scholarships to need-based students at a, a school affiliated with this SGO. So basically, a, an Ohio taxpayer can make a contribution to the SGO, and they can specify it for a specific school, and then they'll get a credit on their Ohio tax return, typically dollar for dollar. I'll get into some of the specifics. So, you know, if I wanted to give $500, I'd be out of pocket that $500, but then when I file my taxes, April 15th, I would get the $500 back from Ohio. Nice. So some schools have a specific SGO. Others have all come together under one SGO. So for example, the Archdiocese here in Cincinnati has one SGO for all of their you know, Catholic schools. So rather than have a million SGOs, there's just one. And so you can support that. And then when you go in and make the gift, you can specify which school you'd like you know, those, those scholarships to support students at. All right. So it's a bit to wade through. You know, we say generally the best is just to start with us. If there's a school near and dear to your heart, go to their website and then see, are they affiliated with an SGO? Most schools are really big and upfront about putting this on their websites because they, you know, want to take, want donors to take advantage of this. And then, you know, because sometimes then the SGO goes under, you know, whatever Ohio Christian schools group. Well, you don't necessarily know what school is under that umbrella. So that's how we recommend starting. Are there maximums on this? Yes. So, well, not maximums you can give, but maximums you can get a credit for. So if you're single 
Um, if your Ohio tax liability is $750 or more, you can get a credit up to $750. Um, if you're married, it's double. So you can get up to $1,500. If your tax is at least $1,500, you can give up to $1,500 and get a dollar for dollar credit. If your tax is less than that, then it would just be limited. Um, so the other thing to keep in mind is it is an annual process for the SGO to apply with Ohio. So if they renew annually, you could take advantage of this every year. There are only a few schools or SGOs registered in 2021, a lot more last year, and then we're seeing even more this year. So if, if your school you know, is affiliated with an SGO on the list, this is something you could take advantage of annually, but we do recommend double checking that they are still registered each year because it is an annual process for them to renew. You mentioned logistics earlier. Let's let's double back on that. We do have deadlines to worry about. Cash gifts, are they easier? And then talk to me about security when it comes to giving a cash gift. Yeah, so cash gifts can certainly be simpler, yes. And when I say cash, I mean credit card check, but you might be foregoing some of the tax benefits fits potentially. So if you wanted to do you know, a donor advised fund gift, potentially giving appreciated securities, we need more notice just for processing time with the custodians. And likewise, the QCDs, the qualified charitable distributions from an IRA, those can take up to a couple of weeks just because of the time back and forth between you know the custodian and the charity. So if you find it's near the end of the year and you still want to make a gift this year, yes, cash is a great simple way to go. Security wise, you know, we, we've seen more thefts of checks out of post office boxes in the last year or two. So we do encourage, you know, when we say cash gifts, we would encourage, you know, credit card or online giving just to, for that security. And as always, you know, just being mindful of where you're getting requests from or emails and, you know, making sure that it's legit before clicking on it and sending financial information. Emily, this has been a fantastic discussion, especially as you say, this is the time of year when people start to think about this. Is there anything we've not covered that you think we should? Well, there can be a lot of complexity around this. You know, some folks keep it simple. They like to give cash gifts and that's great. You know, we like to start with who do you want to support, right? What do you want your money to do? But, you know, there can be ways that we can also save a little tax money and, and who doesn't like that? Or, you know, maybe find a simpler way to give or help you partner with, you know, a, a foundation, maybe figure out where you where you really want to see those dollars go. So that's what we're here to help with, just to help clients figure out what options are available and what's the best fit for them. And how can listeners reach you if they do have some questions? Yes, you can find us on our website, which is fosterandmotley.com. Listeners, follow or subscribe to Foster and Motley's podcast about wealth and life. And of course, please share with others, especially this episode about charity. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.